are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news. Sometimes we make you laugh. Most times. And sometimes we try to go deep and don't quite work out, but sometimes it does. And when it does, you stick around. <laughs> and we're here with Cosmorom09 and OG Squawking D. Carriage and me, David Cameo. We're your hosts. And uh, on, on the chat so far is Carlin. Carlin from Instagram. How you doing? Yeah, and you could be here too. And as a matter of fact, I did something very interesting before we continue. I decided, all by my lonesome, as I usually do, <laughs> um, I've given everybody the opportunity to join us publicly. So, yes, you as a backer. What is a backer, though? Wait, hold on a second. What is a backer? Like, normally, we make it so that backers can join us in the chat as we pre-record this episode to be aired publicly in the future. I decided to allow everybody to join us on Zoom as we record the episode. Now, backers do receive the unedited copies and the backup YouTube stream of me fiddling around with my microphone and video camera right before YouTube joined. (laughs) However, um, they'll still receive that perk. But what is a backer? Well, coffee backers are people who support the podcast by buying us a coffee, whether it's a one-off or a subscription like a monthly subscription. It keeps the party going. They get unedited copies of each of our recordings. They're with us in the real-time chat normally, but as far as this pandemic is concerned, I've made it so that you guys can join us. At, you know, Every time we do, we, we do a recording session, I want to, first of all, I mean, I want to make it so that you guys are better connected with us as this thing goes on because people are suffering financially and socially. And as I've been kind of like in my own head the last week, whether it's during like a, the bit, one of the busiest work weeks I've ever had, and then suddenly not at all because it's Passover. So I'm, I'm all, I've been off for the last two days, uh, Thursday, Friday. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot. And like, sometimes I lay in bed and I'm like thinking, and I'm like, I'm having a hard time falling asleep because, you know, like there's a part of me that just wants to be out, wants to be out of the house, which is unusual because I'm usually in the house. So, and I feel it from others as well. People are just, first of all, people are posting all sorts of inanity, like just all sorts of useless nonsense junk, because I know people want to reach out and connect with other people. You know, they want to just make people laugh or try to lighten the mood or sometimes, you know, they're just also kind of, you know, they need to blow off some steam. They're a little frustrated. People are angry and it's all the spectrums of emotion. So I kind of want to give people an outlet to kind of chat with us while we're recording our shows. And so I want to make that free at least um, until this, at least the New York City uh, stay-at-home order is like lifted, and then after that we can talk. We can talk about it. Another thing, um, our merch our merch store is on sale. I have not promoted it yet, but I'm going to be doing a social media push on basically the following: If you are in the position to actually help other people um, by giving to other basically organizations that need your help during this pandemic, I want to make it so that anybody who's able to give fifty dollars or more to whatever charity. <laughs> qualifies. And I, I'm leaving it a little bit more open-ended. Uh, if you give $50 or more, send me the receipt and I will give you the pick of, pick of the litter from the merch store. The reason why I'm doing this is because I see a lot of people say, if you buy this t-shirt, the proceeds go to whatever charity. And I was thinking to myself, that makes no sense. Um, because I know from the back end, first of all, if you're charging a t-shirt that's like $30, okay, maybe you t- 10 of those dollars, maybe, or 15 go to the actual charity. But with our store, the prices are so low and we have sales lately. So 
literally one or maybe two dollars would go to that charity. So I'm thinking to myself, I'll I'll put my money where my mouth is. If you if you spend fifty dollars that goes straight to the charity, you know, minus whatever costs that they have for their front end and their promotion and all that stuff. You know, all that goes to charity. I will put my money where my mouth is. You get something from the merch store for free. Whatever you want, one item per household, done, one and done, and you can't do it anymore. But if you want to give more, please give more. I mean, you're not giving because of us. That's another thing. I just figure if you're going to do it anyway, you might as well get rewarded for it. So take us up on the offer. So what are you waiting for? Send your receipts over to giving at squawkingdead.com. That's giving at squawkingdead.com. This week's episode was is technically the season finale. We waited a little while because we we're all mourning the loss, the sudden loss, the cliff, the semi cliffhanger that ended off this episode. Um, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to turn it over to Carol, pick a place that you find that you like the most about this episode, and then we'll find our way around. You know what? This was one of those episodes that was pretty, like, to me, on a level plane. Like, there were different stories happening at the same time, but it was all pretty level to me because this this felt like a setup episode, which it was. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was like, okay, we're setting everything in motion. And then you get the impression, obviously, then in the next episode is where, okay, everything starts to kind of like, you know, happen. So this episode, we see like everything kind of set in motion. It's like, all right, you know, Negan makes up with Lydia. Well, not makes up with Lydia, but they have their their moment, which I thought was really cool. Like that, that probably to me was like what stood out the most. No, actually, what am I saying? Like princess. <laughs> for sure stood out. But I, I big fan of princess. Big fan. Because like. I wonder the, why. Well, between the moment she stepped on stage, it's like, that would be me during the apocalypse. Like, oh my God, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and just as crazy i have to imagine after being alone for so long you would be you who wouldn't be like who would not be like i mean the fact that she still has any sort of sense of humor she's like i got hair dye i got like (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like i i really i really appreciated that her whole segment because it had that comic relief that was really i really enjoyed i think that it's nice because she's definitely going to bring a different energy both uh um, Ezekiel and Eugene kind of see a little bit of themselves in her. You know, King Ezekiel had to stop himself from calling himself like I'm no Ezekiel. Like, <laughs> this is like forget it. Like if you would have said that, she would have been like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, old guy. Yeah. yeah, I don't call myself a queen because it sounds a bit old. Sounds a little matronly, and pretentious, pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Hi, I'm Ezekiel. It's <laughs> like King mm. Yeah, and everything else felt like it was setting up for what's going to happen and what, what big emotional beats too like <laughs> weaved in between or sandwiched in between this princess sandwich it's mm-hmm. like you have this like meat of like these big big tearjerker emotional scenes and then like you have this pink bread <laughs> yeah that's like okay we're gonna go through a minefield and it's like wait a second we could have like we were just there we could have just walked down the street we didn't have to go through this <laughs> well <laughs> To be perfectly honest, as I was going through the princess scenes myself, like it's just you just have to stand and just sit there and watch watch it unfold because it's just one liner after one liner reaction. It's funny. It's just funny. I appreciate it. You're like you're like almost watching stagecraft. You're like every facial expression, (laughs) like like the whole like. That's that's the thing she did with her eyes while she was covering her mouth. Is that for the audio podcast, everybody? 
That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna be a running gag, folks. Oh my god. <laughs> Giving her like room to breathe was such a cool thing to watch. When Eugene says she's on a mission, she goes, Whoop! <laughs> Yeah, she's like, okay, sounds awesome. I'm in. I'm like trying to figure out what was ad libbed and what wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was no awesome. kidding. She she did so good at capturing this character. I mean, Carol, I know you and I have been so excited to meet this character for so long because of how she's portrayed in the in the comics. And yeah. I mean, I. I think I think I can speak for both of us. I am so happy. I'm I so mean, happy. Did such a great job. She really, really brought this character from the pages right to the screen. Yeah, I'm so happy. Like I everything, just love it. Yes. She's done a really good job. Yes, yes. Just like delusionally happy for no reason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's a pretty good reason. It's like, we have a chance to do this over again. <laughs> yeah. Redo. I mean, she's alive. That's a, that's, a, that's a reason, I suppose. But yeah, just, yeah. But the fan response she, is what really, 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 really takes me away. Because, blows me away. Because, like, holy shit. Backflips over backflips after merch. Uh, people selling t-shirts that I don't even know are legal, by the way. Like, I've been seeing them pop everywhere. Some of them, I mean, I don't think they're from Skybound, a.k.a. AMC, a.k.a. Yeah. Oh, probably not. People just selling Ooh, shit online. Right? It's just, a, it's a firestorm of, like, illegal merch. I could see that. Yikes. So, yeah. But the fan yeah. art's great. The edits are great. You know, I love, I love Princess. I haven't said a word about it, but yeah, I like, I, I love Princess too, and it's like, it, it's almost enough to kind of make me just distract me from the fact that this was episode 15, a.k.a. the season finale, a.k.a. Oh, shit, cliffhanger, where's our special? Almost, mm-hmm. I said. Almost. <laughs> it is kind of a big character, and, like, now that we're talking about it, like, okay, it makes me feel a little bit better. Because then you know we're going to see her in the next episode. We know she's going to be a part of this new mission. Woo! Yeah. that's something to look forward to and even though like i kind of want it here and now can i have it now can it be sunday can it be now mm-hmm. like i can no, i can right. maybe wait a little while because that's a lot of personality for, for a little while it's a lot of personality yeah you know it's funny like you said that was exactly you in the apocalypse i literally, literally wrote that in my notes not only because like of heritage and, and stuff like that i know you're not puerto rican you're not puerto rican right are you no no you're dominican but, right yeah but it's just it's just that sort of like like she reminded me of stuff like yeah kind of like if you were like to a friend of mine i'm kidding yeah, exactly like a friend of mine who <laughs> i'm trying not to say that <laughs> I know. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to say it. But I'm like, yeah, if you took one of my friends and basically like they kind of hung out in the old neighborhood and like they were the only ones left and it's yeah. like, this is, yeah, this is it. <laughs> right. Because there's a, there's a lot to that. And I figure this is, I'm so glad you're here because we can really, really pick this shit apart because a lot of what people don't understand, Yumiko asked this herself, if she's, if she's like trustworthy, why is she still here if she's been alone for a year? You know what I mean? Like, what's her angle, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, yeah. I'm like thinking of you, but I'm like, I'm like, Woo! I mean, where do, you go? where do you go? Where do you go? What do you do? It's you're a city kid. It's this yeah. huge difference between like that and a city kid, you know? Yeah. Like, like she may not be, yeah, she may not be marshaled to be like a Daryl that can live out in, a, in the woods, you know, just kind of like surviving. Like that may not be her strong suit, you know? So like she's kind of stayed where she knows and she's comfortable. She probably knows where to get her supplies. She knows where to get this and that. So why risk it? Especially by herself. She 
doesn't have anybody to, no. to, to basically have her back. So why even risk it? She hasn't had a reason to, to leave or run. So no. why would she? Why would <laughs> you? Stay yeah. There too. yeah. It, and it does make sense. Like she would be there alone too. Like we're, we're, so that's the thing. Like every time we, t- and we've been talking a lot about like uh, zombie survival in the last couple of weeks. And it's kind of like everybody seems to have a take on on what it takes and like, oh, you have to go out into the country, which does make sense. But then I keep I keep thinking back to Princess. I'm like, what if they didn't? What if her fa- what if whoever was with her left her behind because you're hard to love? Mm-hmm. And like, all right, maybe it's just I me. Know. And then like you stay behind and you make the most of it. And you actually somehow 10 years later, which is another thing, because how old you, would you say is Paola Lazaro? Um, right now, as an actor, the person in real in real life, yeah, I would guess my probably in her thirties, thirties. I would say between thirty three and thirty five. Yeah, thirty five maybe. She's thirty two. Yeah, so there you go in that range. Okay. Okay, and when this whole thing went down, she was twenty two. Let's say, let's say about okay. twenty thirty, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I see so what I was doing because I I thought she was like a little younger, like maybe seventeen. And like mm. maybe she's 27 now. So like when this shit all went mm. down, she was in her, she was a teenager. And so what does she know any better? Right. Right. Yeah. And if everybody left yeah. her alone and, I, and like, she's been alone for a year, I think she's been alone for a lot longer than that, but she just mm. can't tell what day it is. So that she's, could be too. she's thinking yeah. it's a year, but it's probably way more. Very possible. So in that being the case, okay. So she's been alone for maybe at least like, I don't know, seven, maybe eight, maybe six years, let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's coming out of being a teenager into like her early 20s, you know, like still kind of in development. So like maybe, you know, going mad during those years kind of sticks a little bit. So that personality becomes you. So it explains everything about her. I would say that. She had to talk to were walkers. (laughs) At princess tea parties. (laughs) Right? Not very good conversationalists. I don't think they are. No. 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 And if all you know is the city too, which is a whole other bag of wax. Yeah. Yep. But it's kind of see, cool to see her kind of navigate that terrain and so well. Like, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys thought of this, but like, do you remember when Rick went to Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about like Princess right now. She was so adept and she must have been adept to kind of navigate her. Like, was this Philly? No, it's not. It's Charleston, right? Something like that? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Right, so downtown yeah. Charleston, West Virginia or something. And then like, she's like able to like, no horses or tanks and getting stuck under these things. She's okay. And like Rick, who's like probably out in the exurbs or the suburbs or probably exurbs, you know, that's his terrain. And so when he goes to the city, he's all fucked. Yeah. So this is kind of like cool kind of seeing these parallels, especially because Rick is mentioned in this episode in a, you know, hindsight kind of way as well. I'd like to be Chris for a moment. Oh, what do you hate about and this episode? Call- <laughs> so when they're walking through the minefield and she has to keep count and everything. Yes. And she, says, and she says repeatedly, I've done this a billion times. I've done this a million times. I've done this so many times. Wouldn't your your brain, your body, your, your everything have that muscle memory to remember the path that you've taken a billion times? Oh, I can answer that question though i don't know if you can carol but uh you ever you ever write a song for somebody and you practice it backwards and forwards you know by heart (laughs) you 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 know how how it is in the dark you know how it is in your head you know you play in your head over and over again yeah that's me (laughs) once once the pressure pressure's on it's gone oh my god you get up there you're you're standing not one foot away from the person who the song is about. It's kind of a love song, but it's kind of a friend song. 
and you're shaking. You know, I this is me. This is me we're talking about. It's not you. <laughs> but you get through it, don't you? Oh, it, you do, but it's awful. <laughs> it sounds awful. It doesn't sound like it does in your head. What's that? I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I've never written a song, but besides writing, I've been in that situation. I just well, I didn't write it. <laughs> it's, it's one thing if you're singing it for a crowd, which I did uh, tons of times, but like sometimes with some people, depending on the song, where you just when it's only you and them right in front of them, there is a thing that happens where it's it becomes real. You think it's because you wrote it though? Like you like you have more invested in this song. Like I've <laughs> like I've been on stage my whole life. I've performed in front of billions of people <laughs> probably over the over my lifetime, but I don't like when I'm, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I guess I don't, I mean, I have stage fright, but, but, but well, I push here's through. The, I still, here's the equivalent. Okay. Have you ever just performed for your, let's say your dad only? <laughs> yeah. And how'd that go? There's a bit of like pressure, uh, right? Well, my, my, my dad's probably not the best example. My dad liked to do these. I know. Well, well, first of all, my, my dad's been gone almost 16 years now. So I haven't, my dad hasn't been around for a time, but when I was younger in high school, he'd always want to have these jam sessions with me, right? Uh He'd play his guitar and then he'd want me to play my flute. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think guitar and flute really. He's like, yeah, just come on, just start, just start hammering out some notes. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but he would always try. He always wanted to have these these silly little jam sessions, and and yeah. So I don't. Maybe I mean that might be similar to what you're saying. I couldn't. I couldn't perform in that situation. I couldn't but, just make it up. But yeah, there's like yeah, that's that is part of it too. It's like you're, you're pressured like in the moment by your dad. So but yeah, there's like different. I, 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 there's different I levels, point, I, right? Like it's different yeah, when it's I a whole crowd and then just one person. Yeah. So that my point being, I, my point being is like the she's like a lot's riding on her like getting this right, and even though she's done it, let's say yeah. we're a, maybe a billion times. Yeah, she, right. something else to this. Like okay, a lot's riding yeah. on this right now. I gotta be perfect. That was that. That was yeah. That moment, I'm like, really? Like you've done this a billion times. Like if everybody would just shut up, she could probably just go blip 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 and then follow her. Like Yumiko was probably giving her the most pressure. I was not. Yeah, I was not happy with Yumiko. Yumiko yeah, was giving me a lot of pressure. <laughs> Yumiko was tough. Right? She was tough. Although, although this was a good situation for her to be in, right? Because Magna's always telling her, "You can't control things." Mm-hmm. Wow, can she not? I mean hello you're standing in the middle of a minefield right now like yeah this that's a situation yumiko needed to be in yeah a hundred percent yeah and particularly like when you bring up magna too okay like i was gonna bring this into the end but it's kind of like when when it's revealed like okay <laughs> she brings her to a bicycle shop and she does come through uh yumiko is the first person to surprise her and say hey we could use someone like you with us or something she invites her along yeah yeah that and was surprising i loved when she jumped and gave her a hug that was awesome. She was like, oh, God, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> that frozen hug thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> imagine it was frozen like that for you. Like, uh, but <laughs> my bandwidth isn't so great. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I have a thing in my head. I can't get it out. All three of those people, like we mentioned, like the different ways in which these people are perfect for meeting Yumiko because we eventually see that Eugene, it makes sense because that dude lied about everything and did not have a garage to come through. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was living on a prayer. 
Um, and, yeah. and yet, like, Princess did come through, even though she was also living on a prayer. Um, and Zeke, the fake it till you make it kind of guy, what does Princess do? Fakes it till she makes it. Yeah. And she succeeds, mm. just like him. Yeah. Since are they part of the yeah. same royal family? I don't know. So, Yumiko, though, <laughs> she's a sleeper, though, because, I mean, what is her group? And how many times have they lied to let's say Tara or like let's say Michonne mostly Magna let's be real here mostly yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she knows what it's like to and you know speaking of Magna she knows what it's like to have to cover for her or to say well, sorry about that etc 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 but it's like it does bring you back to what Magna says there's I, I was never something to fix you know like I was never something that was broken to be Ooh. fixed and so when you look, when she looks at princess with these eyes, like this new kind of way of looking at things like, well, you're not broken. You know, you're you. And this whole episode is about you being you. Have you noticed that? Let's, let's, let's roll the tape. <laughs> um, we've got Kelly and Carol and all, all Kelly is basically saying is that you be you. Uh, don't let bad shit happening stop you from being you. What does Daryl say to Judith? Daryl says, no one can take the place of someone you love being gone, but that doesn't mean everything that follows is going to break your heart. Things don't have to change. You know, you can still maintain these people in your heart, but, you know, it doesn't mean that you change being the lovely you that you are. So what is Beta thinking right now? <laughs> I don't have to change for shit. These people are dead meat. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I like the I like the correlation of um, of Princess talking about like, oh, are you guys real? Am I hallucinating or whatever? Because Beta's hallucinating the whole episode. Oh, shit. He's like hearing like the walkers talk to him and instruct him or whatever. I'm like, he obviously is like far gone, like really far gone. Like he's on another level. But it's funny that Princess is like, wait, is this really happening? Am I hallucinating? Are you guys real? Are you guys really talking to me? Okay. All right. You know, but it's kind of interesting, you know, she's at least both questioning it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's questioning her sanity. Like, is this, you know, for real? Is this not? Beta's just gone. Yeah. Maybe they're saying the same yeah. things in their head. Faith reward. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird that the voice led him to where he needed to go though oh yeah that was creepy as fuck that was really creepy i mean and you heard this too every time beta has an insight there's like that little pan flute thing in the background did you not hear this in the score so when the cat was no, scurrying across, oh my God, because uh -huh. I've watched this episode five times and every time I, I hear yeah. that flute, <laughs> I laugh my ass off because it sounds like some hokey <laughs> like um, vision quest sound like that you would have in a teepee or something. <laughs> it was so funny. But like, but this, this whole season's been doing that, like just subtly, like as if it's kind of like the music director is like, watch this, I'm going to put the exact same notes in the Goonies in the trumpet form. <laughs> Nobody's going to know a thing. We know. We know. And we love you for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and Carlin's saying, yeah, that music was pretty scary, right? The whole whisper music is scary as hell. And by the way, yeah, Beta's theme just keeps mm. get, getting bigger and bigger, which it, like, it's kind of like the Negan theme. Every now and again, we would hear it. But it would get like bigger and bigger as like, as like, and you still get Negan's theme throughout this. When when he was um trying to become a whisper, if you have the original soundtrack from Bear Bear McCreary, um yeah, he has his own theme. And so every now and again, if you rewatch episodes where Negan's Negan be Neganing, then you'll hear that little <laughs> that little. It's like a it's what it is. It's like a bass guitar but loosely strung. 
it's like a chugga 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 and there's like a lot of reverb that's Negan's theme okay I didn't describe it exactly but sorry (laughs) the thing that I really really loved about this episode uh, that makes it like so singular and I know they've done this before they had to have done this before and if not I'm okay with being wrong Um, no like last time last time on The Walking Dead they were like you know what I mean there's no intro they just launched right into the episode, like no recap, and they just continued where they left off, which is great for like the binge watch generation, right? Because it just I did cuts, appreciate that, right? I just something up right where it left off. I mean, it, it, this show is slowly turning into like, well, if we can't get them in the live watch, we'll get them in the binge watch, you know, like. <laughs> but it's true. It's it's really really true. Like we, I noticed they were kind of doing that with like starting from last year, like with scars. It was just the the mood was just this singular mood that just. If you just watch this straight through without commercials, uncut, it's haunting. <laughs> but the commercials cut it up, it was just awful. But like this episode, going right into it, ass to, <laughs> ass to mouth, um, it was like, it was really cool. Like, it was really cool to just see it keep going. Like, well, oh, wait, what? But there's no recap? Okay, well, shh, quiet. And then <laughs> it just keeps going. Which is interesting because when you see the opening credits and you get to the Walking Dead logo, it is completely on fire. I don't know if you've noticed it. Beginning of the season, the fire's kind of just... I noticed it. Yeah, exactly. But like now, like before you even like noticed it, the whole thing is like, you know, lit up in embers. Oh. Yeah. Mm. There's a little green on top at first in the beginning of the season, but there's a little fire at the bottom. And then episode eight, it's a little like right here. But like now it's just like, it's all red. Well, not all red, but you know. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited to talk about um, a a certain scene with, well, the scene with Daryl and um, Judith and Mm. then the whisper that they have to kill and how distraught Judith is when they leave her behind. Right. That was, it was just really like, it, it was, it was really heavy to watch because obviously Daryl's done this many times. times. Like this, this is normal. This is necessary. But now Judith is like stopping him and like questioning this. Why do we do that? And, and of course, in her mind, she's thinking, well, what if that was you? What if you were out, someone found you, killed you and just left you there? We would never, we would never know. You know what I mean? And I, I obviously I get where she's coming from, but how, like, how do, how do you justify that? How does Daryl justify that? Right. Right. I, I could, I couldn't think. Well, there's there's even more than you think. Like this is the Rick Grimes reference that I was talking about in a ditch. Where does Michonne try to find Rick in a ditch by the riverbank? And she's looking for him all these years, and she can never find him. Mm-hmm. And just just when you know it, she radios in and says, "Hey, I think I may know where he is." And she's watching Daryl take out this whisperer. And for all we know, somebody else could have done the same thing to her father. But you know, like he could have had a family, yeah. or she could have had a family. Oops. And um, we could be talking about yeah. the same thing. And like in this conversation, he's she's talking about how she's trying to not to say, oh, she's off, you know, helping people. Right. But we know what the mission <laughs> is about. And she can't tell him about it because she knows you. Michelle said, don't tell Uncle Daryl because he's going to want to come after me and it's dangerous. We need him there. He needs to be there. Yeah. Right. And so it does kind of make you think like, what if, like, what if the CRM group just said, hey, you're an A. Nah, actually, you're a Z. 
and then like you know done yep. you know you're 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 not worth it well it's kind of like what we're talking about with michonne is like is michonne ready to go after rick is she in the right mindset because she's not ready to help people that much as Fashoa. <laughs> but she decided not to help uh, Andrea in her dreamscape. But then she helps the, the two characters at the end of the episode. So right. by the end, we do see her helping out. Right, because she goes through this process. You know, like, her, her, uh, vision quest. her vision quest. <laughs> she resets her brain from her yeah. addiction. Now we're seeing kind of the same thing going on with Daryl a little bit. Like he's not ready for it yet. But I don't know, like you can't blame Daryl at the same time. There's like something that happens in that scene where he's interrogating the Whisperer and she says, and I would probably feel the same way. She goes, uh, you know, don't leave me like this. I want to be able to walk with them or whatever. Or don't don't kill me. I want to be yeah. able to walk with them. And it's just kind of like, oh, fuck that shit. One less walker to worry about. Yep. So she was also very concerned with the with the bolt stuck in her. She's like, take take this out. It's unnatural. What? what? <laughs> Explain that one to me. Seems pretty natural. I mean, you got shot in the woods. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if, if she meant the bolt in her arm or like also like, or just killing her is unnatural or I, I don't know, like or taking her out before yeah, so I, that she doesn't walk. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't fully understand her point of the whole thing other than she wanted to be a guardian afterwards. And I would have done the same. Hell no. Absolutely not. Nope. You are nope. not going to be a guardian. Sorry. Nope. 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 And she's certainly nope. not coming back with us because she obviously still has the cuckoo brain. Exactly. Right? She's like... <laughs> and when, when, Judith does, when Judith brings up, well, what if she had a family? Okay, obviously in this specific instance, we know she didn't. Like, she was a whisperer. Like, we does, know. They but... Well, they don't have emotion. Like, they're not supposed to... You know what I mean? Like, we know where she came from and she doesn't have a family the way Rick does. You know? And if that... I mean, if that's what Judith was trying... Like, kind of picturing, like... What if this was my dad or what if this was somebody I loved? They don't have the kind of relationships the way normal humans do. So would he Daryl could have explained at least that part to her and said, Well, she's a whisperer. They don't they don't do that. They don't really care about each other. They kill each other off all the time. Right. <laughs> it, well, you know what's really funny about what you're just saying is that like it's in, in essence Daryl's basically saying that to her though. No, their system is the same as ours. I'll explain. <laughs> Daryl basically says family's what you make of it. <laughs> What are the whispers? Family is kind yeah. of like who you're next to. <laughs> it could be a walker, could be a guardian, could be your best friend. Yeah, it's all the same. No, we but- can see it that way supposed to have emotions you know right. what i mean which is you know why they don't care when one of them dies or or they do they'll just but only if they end up walking afterwards alpha. yeah yeah um that's true that's true if they do die they're yeah right but there's there's a deeper conversation to be had here family. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the olive garden whispers are like the olive garden would you hear hey you're here <laughs> sorry you're in it for the long haul <laughs> When you're here, you're going to the bathroom. (laughs) Sorry. Over there on the edge of camp. (laughs) (laughs) The latrine. Alpha's latrine. Anyway. We're not animals. But we are animals. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, I just picture falling and shit again and gagged. Right. <laughs> no, but there, there is like a segue to go into like a deeper point here because this kind of goes back to Judith in that like her mom's gone, her dad's gone, her brother's gone. All she's got is RJ as a blood relative. Uh, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No, they share a... No. Oh, uh, uh, no. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. Oh. no. You're right. They just... <laughs> I mean, again, still her brother, 
still. Not even a half-brother. But anyway, we're not talking about that. Like, Judith hasn't had any parents since uh, she was born. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, for like a half a second. She had a real brother? Yeah, she had a real brother. Or like, I'm sorry, like a, a blood uh, brother. Yeah, Carl. Or, yeah. That's true. That's so true. like until she was three, and Carl three had the same mom. two. Every, everything, every, everybody that like cared for her on an intimate level is gone, essentially. And so she's sitting there like, look, and Lydia kind of brings it up, and which is why she leaves, is like not everybody's great, blessed to have a mother like you. Meanwhile, her mother's not around, and so it's kind of like, yeah. she's, it reminds you that she's still like, whatever it is, 10. And, and she's missing her mommy. And, and everybody everybody she loves is, is kind of like parring off. And she's afraid that like, you know, why did my dad leave? Why does my mom have to go after him? You know, is everybody else going to leave? Like, and, and now, and Daryl's kind of like apart from everybody, you know, and like searching for the perimeter. But she know she's noticing that Daryl's kind of like, still kind of going on the margins. Carol's not the same as she was. She's all fucked up. It's like, who's next? Oh, well, Carlin is saying, like, I agree. He did what had to be done, but I think she's still confused. You know, exactly. Well, yeah, she's she's still a kid. I mean, it's it's going to take time and experience for her to really understand what's going on. Right. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, there. on a surface level, Doug Daryl is definitely right. Like, these are people that you... Oh, I mean, yeah. There's, on a certain, to a certain extent, you can't, like, that's why, like, like, I want to... I was feeling what Judith was feeling in the moment, like how it must be like to see things through her eyes. And we see this twice already, you know, I'm sorry for your mom. Like, you know, even though it's pretty complicated and she gets put down by Lydia because of it. And she's just a kid. And then Daryl, like, obviously Daryl's right, but we're older. You know, we get it. We've been 10 seasons into this, but Judith has not been 10 seasons into this. (laughs) so, So how it must be to see things from her eyes, even though she probably knows Deep down, maybe this is right, but is, isn't this kind of like going against what Daryl was saying before, just a couple episodes ago? Like these, mm. these, these were people, right? Aren't they still yeah. people? But, but not getting mixed message here, uh, Uncle Daryl. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, that's tough. As we go through the tower, initially. We get this cool, like, horizontal sweeping shot, right? This mo- this single cam sweeping shot of, like, this one floor. And then I love that, that cool trick where you see Father Gabriel with Kelly, and then he kind of loops back around and, like, tells Diane to, like, do, do watch and stuff like that at the end of the shot. So it's, anyway. But the first three people that you see in the sweep are, it starts out with Judith walking across the screen, and then it pants to Lydia petting the cat, I think. And then Negan kind of just walks, you, you see this, and I, I didn't notice this until the fifth watch. <laughs> Negan walks in for a second, <laughs> stops, has the possum in his hands, in his hand. You actually see the possum. <laughs> and then it, and the camera moves on. To, yeah, I didn't, I really didn't notice it. And then in the next That's shot cool. is G- Gabe and Kelly doing sign, you know, and then obviously Alden and Aaron are doing yeah. it earlier or whatever. Luke and Jules, you know, Luke's got this thing that we don't, we still don't know what it is that he's working on. I assume, and this is what I'm going to, I'll just put it out there. I assume there's got to be a way for Luke to communicate with Eugene, maybe? That's the only thing I could think of. Maybe. Like, what ideas do you have on this one? Because I have no idea. I had no idea. Luke's a music teacher, so I assumed it was some sort of musical instrument for entertainment. I didn't think it would be anything of actual use, I guess. <laughs> 
Uh, what do you take a stab in the dark, just, Carol? What do you think? What could it be? Yeah, it could be some sort of communication tool, just because of the fact of keeping in touch with like Eugene, and also because he is a music teacher, maybe he has experience in things that have to do with recording or things like that. You know, or like speakers. potentially, right? Potentially. I also don't one hundred percent trust tools yet either. Ugh, that theory. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Where did she come? I mean, she was at Oceanside. Why is she there? Well, I, I don't know if you noticed, like in terms of geography though it seems like the tower is is in between where i guess let's just say alexandria and oceanside but seems close to oceanside i don't know about you but it's definitely on the way as we see the cat definitely on the way yeah Yeah. i mean the whole reason why beta is actually able to find the tower is because he sees the cat going across their path and he's like and it (laughs) the cat but Jules, yeah, I don't know, man. By the way, the actress is hysterical. She's going batty in um, as we're quarantining. <laughs> oh, no. She had this, I put this in our stories, actually, on, on Squawking Dad. Um, she she plays, because she's Greek, so she plays this Greek person, and she's drinking. And I forget what the drink is <laughs> called, but uh, her name is uh, Alex Gambati. It, it's hysterical. Hello, Hello, Americani. I know everyone is looking for the honey sanitizer, so I show you the Greek honey sanitizer. It's called Tsipuro and it's only authentic if it comes in a bottle that had something else in it before. A Tsipuro is a Greek moon sign. So what you do is you take a shot. It's very strong. It puts the hair on your chest, but me, I am Greek, so I have already the hair on my chest. You take your shot, and then you put some on your hand. There you go. Tsipuro, the honey sanitizer and medicine. Bravo, Sue. You want to know another person who if, takes this to a whole other level? Brianna Weinskess. Go to her. If you go to her Instagram, she's she's losing her mind too. And I, I feel kind of bad. I think she lives alone and she's she's really losing it. But I'm enjoying it because it's extremely entertaining. I think this is great for her <laughs> she put googly eyes, Yeah, She put googly eyes on everything in her refrigerator. <laughs> She put googly eyes on all her knives. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so it's like yeah. in a rack, on a she's magnetic rack. Googly, I yeah, it's it's hilarious. I don't know how she's doing these these videos all chopped up the way that they are, but they're, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not that talented, but they are hilarious <laughs> and I'm watching them all. <laughs> she's literally blocking the scenes. She's literally indoor camping, <laughs> indoor safari. Yeah, she is. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, there is a lot to see out here. So I'm going to hit the trail, see what I can find. I'm ready. You have got to see the view from up here. It is insane. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, it's a waterfall. I found some wild berries. Uh, I'm gonna eat one. <clears throat> what is this, a hot spring? Oh, it's so hot. I, uh, I, um, I kind of went off the trail. Um, and I don't really know where I am. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Okay, I found my way back. I'm uh, just gonna take a little break at camp. <gasps> what is that? Is that a bear? Close the door, close the door. Yes! Oh my god, that one was freaking hilarious. <laughs> House of Venskis. Oh, right, House of Venskis. But her name yep. on, the, on the show, though. Beatrice. Oh, Beatrice, Beatrice. yes. Thank you. <laughs> from Oceanside. She also played, from Oceanside, yeah. She also played Agent Piper on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Who, yes, yes. This chick has a lot of time on her hands. Like, she's really losing yep. her mind in quarantine. Like, I'm just looking Brianna? at some of... 
I'm so glad you're yes. looking at it right, right now. I'm glad you're Is looking it at it. Funny? I, I mean, love, <laughs> I have to have googly eyes on them. That's really right. funny. <laughs> Just after Princess scares the horses, uh, Eugene says to Ezekiel not to be a naysayer. Mm-hmm. Eh, nay, like a horse. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> as as he's talking about the time window, when when Josh McDermott has to actually explain it though on Talking Dead. The joke? Yeah, exactly. Not to be amazing. Oh, that's sad. It was kind of sweet, though. He's adorable. <laughs> and he, he is. He's, he's, he's a pretty good looking too, by the way. So I, 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 don't, I can't believe I didn't have this thought before, but do is there, okay, obviously there's a team of writers, right? Is, do you think that there's one who writes just for Eugene? Like, his lines are so well prepared, and he just delivers with this, like, like he actually knows what he's saying, and I just love it. But, like, who writes those, who writes for Eugene? I almost feel like, like Josh McDermott mostly writes that, those parts himself. Like, those little, Yeah, maybe you know, he contributes, yeah. Yeah. You think so? Maybe, maybe. after so many years, like, you kind of know the character. Maybe. Okay, maybe at this point he's doing that. Okay, all right. Except when yeah. it's something that we, that we pick apart, you know what I mean? Like, it's, oh, you have to <laughs> say this, uh, Josh. You have to say this, because this is like a little thing that ties into that thing. Like, like maybe the Blue Weaver yeah. thing that we were talking about that I still haven't figured out. But I can see, yeah. I, can, I can see him mostly doing himself. <laughs> But I mean, if anybody would probably be that would Kev- be awesome. Yeah, it, it might be Kevin Diebold though. I think it's Diebold. Okay. I don't think it's Diebold. But anyway, uh, we've been because well, it's D I E. Yeah. D I E B O. Yeah, I would say Diebold too. Yeah. He he and I have been like having a little bit every every time we live tweet, like he and I have a little back and forth sometimes too. Like between <laughs> me, he, and awesome. Kirsten Akuna, like we just have yeah. this like three way. It just doesn't sound any better the more I try to explain it. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry, not sorry. We get it. No, we get it. <laughs> we get it. I think the only time I, like, almost cried was oh, during Lydia's scene. Damn watching, it. Watching Lydia struggle with what was going on might have been the hardest thing to watch this entire episode because I think we could all feel what she was going through. I mean... She was tortured. It's, oh. it's a tortured feeling of... It's the only mother you've got, like you said, you only get one, like Nia said, which is, which is the sad truth, unfortunately, for a lot of people. It's like the parents that you're granted or the parents that you're granted and that's it. And she, you know, this, she was not by any stretch of the imagination, a good mom in the sense of like, that was not a healthy relationship. She's, she's very conflicted. She doesn't have any parents. Her father's dead. Now her mother's dead. Her father was murdered. Her father was murdered by her mother. And she only figured that out in her teens. Right. Which, which took her some time to even come to that point of realization. And then, you know, now your mother was murdered, but you're kind of, there's a part of you that's like, good. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a part right. of her that's like, it needed to happen. You know? I, I, and I think that was the part of her that she was, that she was struggling with. Like mm-hmm. she was happy about it, but she was sad at the same time. And both parts mm-hmm. of her emotions were mad at the other side for feeling that way, but mm-hmm. it's totally understandable and expected. And I think normal, you know, I was, I really liked the way Negan was, was kind of poking yeah. at her and pushing her and, and he knew, he knew what was going on. He could yeah. see it all over face but she needed to to come to that and realize that herself and she needed to kind of you know break down she needed to break down she needed to know that it was okay to grieve her mom like it's okay to be sad yeah because you you can see her yeah, you could see her going, I hate myself for loving you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, having right. even like, an inkling of remorse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Negan gave her that permission. Yeah. You, she's your mom. No matter yeah. what happened, what you, she's still your mom, you know, and yeah. it's okay to be sad, gone. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's why I wanted to bring up the sweeping scene too, because the way these people enter into the frame too, Judith coming in, Lydia on the floor, Negan standing upright. Um, mm-hmm. you, you see the stages, you see like innocence, you see confusion, and then you see Negan. <laughs> like, self-assuredness <laughs> but, like but, he's being the very, adult. but he's a very good reader always was and he always said that he could read people he yeah can, he's he knows he knows the human element yeah. yeah i mean like it's literally like innocence honesty and like and and just intuition like all these three people yeah. are the same though all three of them have conflicting emotions mostly on the side of lydia but like megan even says it out loud you know honesty meets honesty like there are things that i liked about her he did not hold back like he he gave himself permission he, he gave himself permission to be brutally honest with her so like there are things that i liked about her you know i hated yeah. the things that she did but there were things i hated there are things that i liked about her and i know that's messy i'm telling you i know that that's messy but i can at least yeah. admit that and I'm sorry that I had to do what I had to do, but I still grieve, you know, I'm still upset about that. You know, why can't you like him? It's what's obvious to us is not obvious to them. It's like, they feel like, am I a bad person because of this? Megan mm-hmm. doesn't have that entanglement. Megan doesn't get wrapped up <laughs> no. in that shit. I almost feel like if Lydia showed sadness about her mom, then everyone around her would start questioning her loyalty to, to the rest of the group. Like, is this, <sighs> if I... If I let people see me grieving, are they going to question my place here? Right. Because she had to do that so much. But she had to distance herself so much from that behavior. And look what it still got her beat up badly. Right, right. right. Yeah. And and who and who was there that time to save her? Again, Negan. Ne- Negan. Yep. Negan. Negan was there. Negan wasn't Negan. Negan being <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, these characters are quite similar because they are on the, you know, outskirts of everything. They're the outcasts and so they can relate to each other and and it would make sense that Lydia could open up to him and and grieve with him because yeah. he would be the last person to judge her. He wouldn't yeah. question what was going on. Well, all three of these people, like Judith, Lydia, and Negan, all three of them are trying to are feel like they don't belong. Like what who who do I belong to as a daughter now? Now that everybody I know is gone or everybody that I that took care of me is not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And Daryl kind of makes that clear later. And he said, like, again, the topic of honesty comes back when Daryl comes back around and he says, and Judas is like, um, you're not going to leave me again, are, are you? And he goes, no. And she goes, you promise? And she goes, he goes, no, because I'm not, I'm never going to lie to you. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be as straight to you as I can be. Like, if something comes up, I'm going to go. But just because people go, people that, the people that you love leave doesn't mean it has to break your heart. You know, you can keep going. People need you and you need people. But bringing it back to like Lydia, Lydia, all she really wants is to belong. And, and it's so fucking complicated for her. And then Negan, well, <laughs> Lydia kind of lays it out right there. She goes, yeah, you know, the others kind of wish you died. Also, <laughs> yeah, a little bonus. Yeah. Can they just throw you in there as well? The way you threw all those doctors, you know, in the fire, right? Why not? Right. <laughs> Why do you have to bring up stuff in the past? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Guys, I only just thought of it now. God. <laughs> Guys, I'm uh, stuck in the past, everybody. Jesus. Next thing you know, you're going to be talking about Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was last week. <laughs> so, that was last week. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, you'll be proud. I, I, I backed up our boy Negan for you. 
I, 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 I played that. I played a really I think was it you were you were playing the opposite side of that like not forgiving Negan was it Rachel I can't remember yeah yeah we yeah. Were, were like kind of like sparring just a little bit a little bit okay was, doing but that I, dance but I was the, I was a <laughs> Negan apologist yeah he definitely was and I've, I've <laughs> come around like I I can recognize Negan as an asset. Um, yeah. He is useful. I I see his value, but do I trust him? Hell no. no Nobody we, should. On, on that we agreed, by the way, because you, you, right. you you really yeah. put it quite well. It's like eh, he's got value, but I'm gonna keep my eye off him. Yeah, yeah, I think you definitely always have to like you know keep your eye on him. But he had a prime opportunity when those whispers basically like you know bent the knee and were like, "You're the new alpha." <laughs> Like yep. he had a gun in now, his hand again. I'm I'm glad you're here for this part because I had a rebuttal to that, and I think mm. this would be right up Negan's sleeve. And I am very curious to see mm. your take on it. So that whole uh-huh. situation, right? I said the same yeah. thing. I said Negan could have killed Daryl, taken over the whispers, been the leader, done all. He could have done that, but he didn't. He saw mm-hmm. an opportunity to prove to Daryl that he could be trustworthy. Now, mm-hmm. to me, this sounds like a Negan long game. I'm going to earn their trust now, so later I can like, collect. <laughs> yeah, be possibly. I mean, he very well could be like thinking long game, like, you know, I don't want to be like living in squalor with these freaks. Like, I'd right? rather kind of like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'd rather kind of work that angle over here on this end and like maybe kind of like work my way back up to the the level of a uh, leader, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, be, why be the king in hell or why be the king of the dunghill when you could be, right. well, you could be at least like middle management in heaven or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? Who said that? Why serve in heaven when you could rule in hell? Was that from Little Nicky? Oh, it's from a. It's probably even from scripture. Who knows? Interesting. (laughs) You should look that up. I yeah. Yeah. Why serve in heaven when you could rule in hell? But I know it's it's been used a lot. Yeah, or or different variations of that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I'll say as far as the weather forecast on that front, it doesn't look great. Like he has to pull another huge, huge move. Like if he and and this is the thing. Like the in, huge move will be when he saves Daryl from Beta. Like the, something's gonna happen. He's gonna be involved in the takedown of Beta in some form. I don't think that he'll be the one to do it because he already took down Alpha. I think right. To Daryl to be the one to do that, but I feel that he's he's going to be involved in in some way, shape, or form because I don't know. I, that's my. I feel like I feel like Aaron's going to be stepping out with some pretty heavy swings pretty soon. We haven't been, seen him do I've a been, whole. I've been feeding you that for weeks. You, yeah, I mean, and, <laughs> and the thing is, you're you're absolutely right. Like we see him, but he hasn't really, and 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 he's keeping everybody together and everything. But Aaron Aaron deserves some big badass scenes. He does. It's coming. It should I mean, be. He's been I'm saying here. as much in this episode, by the way. He's saying, "I'm ready yeah. to fight for Adam, for Gracie." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, there you go. Like if you're not listening, yep. then you don't know that's going to happen. Beta and he, <laughs> mano y mano. Beta and who? But, Aaron. Did I say Beta and Gracie? That would be hilarious. Did you? Oh my god. <laughs> Beta and Aaron? Wow. Beta, and, Beta Aaron. and Aaron, yeah. yeah. There is there is some backstory. But I'm so cute. Anyway. No, there is some backstory to that in the comic. But Beta's ultimate death, I think, is pretty anticlimactic in the um in the comic. So I don't think that they're gonna do it that way. I think I they'll think definitely so I think they'll definitely change it up. Because when they kill him in the comic, it's like, really? That's how it's gonna happen? All right. Well, yeah. You know, well the whole just whisper wasn't... of war in general kind of came to an end in a whimper. Yeah. Like, it was like, what happened? Oh yeah. 
okay, what about whisper? Whisper? Right. Okay. <laughs> it starts, the storylines start to kind of overlap. And then yes. the whispers thing just kind of goes off like, like, like Rachel was saying, like with a whimper. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's a wrap with that then. All right. Right. You know, yeah. I think that Negan and Daryl will definitely have maybe something to do with beta, but I could see Aaron playing a part in that too, because Aaron is there. I think he's going to get some big screen time. So he has a cool arm. Got to see that maybe- arm more in action. Aaron, Aaron's going to punch Beta in the face with his Pokeball and then rip the mask off. Yeah, yeah, and then he'll be like, oh my, yeah, and then he'll be like, oh my god, I used to listen to this guy. Yeah, it'll be like Phantom of the Opera. Or like an eyeball, his eyeball is stuck to it though, like like one of the spines. Uh, oh, first reward. <laughs> Pokemon. Like I knew this guy. I used to listen to his stuff all the time. Yeah, <laughs> this, this eyeball looks familiar. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah, I could see Aaron having his moment for sure. I mean, we're not going to talk about the teaser, but obviously there. Mm. Yeah, that one. I, there's a lot I could say about that teaser, but I'm there's not going to. There's a lot that we're not going to say because by these guys, we got to make this very clear. Yeah. As much as we want to talk about teasers, we're going to save it. We're going to put it in a jar. We're going to talk to you next week about it. All of it. Fear the Walking Dead. I haven't seen it yet. You didn't see the teaser for for the not last episode? First. Nope. Really? Oh. oh, then you need to see it because that, personally, to me, I was more excited for the teaser than this episode. Like, this really? episode was fine. Yeah. So when yeah. I saw the teaser, I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah, was- but how did it not break your heart to watch that going, when will I see this? <laughs> I know. Well, it gave me something to look forward to. Yeah. But you don't know when. There's nothing to look forward to when you don't know when. And I hate saying this because everybody has a different reaction. But like Maggie's return is teased. Like you do see Lauren Mm -hmm. Cohen. Which I I saw a picture of her. That was it. And I thought that was very interesting because I thought they they were going to sneak her up. And it's like, and they get here. And it's like, oh, my God, Maggie's here, whatever. But it's no, they're leading. Not leading with that, but they're definitely putting it on the table right there in the teaser to kind of be like yep one of them yeah yeah well that's that's them going please don't leave us look look we have good stuff coming please please wait please wait it looks good but you you know what i'll tell you what like and this is all i'll say and i will bring this up again when we talk about this next week but when we talk about teasers the reaction wasn't as great from the fans as i not that i would have hoped but like would have expected really yeah to see maggie yeah to see maggie specifically or the teaser in general maggie specifically i could see that the teaser in general everybody's like what i think more I I can totally see that because the appearance of Maggie in the teaser was like, oh, wow. okay, cool. But I wasn't like there was another aspect of the trailer that I was more excited about. You know what aspect that. Yeah. The the person with the weapons and the thing in the face. Yes. (laughs) We will spin yarns about that because there's just so much to this outfit I, I already know who the it's one of two people in my mind and if it's not one of those two people i'm gonna be pissed <laughs> <laughs> Was the real Dante no please stand up? no i'm kidding i'm kidding i have no idea what's happening <laughs> the most wonderful way the most, the most wonderful, way. wonderful way <laughs> I love you. your shoulders are squared so appropriately <laughs> <laughs> it's Carol from the future. <laughs> anyway, I need a great, I need a great shirt. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, a, 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 a light blue flower sweatshirt or something. Yeah, yeah something. <laughs> 
That line is from a monologue delivered by the character of Satan in book one from the epic poem Paradise Lost. Oh, of course. Yes. Dante's Inferno and all that. Yeah. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Oh, that famous uh, Keanu Reeves, Al Pacino movie that I love. Oh, oh um, I know. Oh, which one you're Devil's Advocate. advocate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yes. He does mention that at the Such end, yeah. It's, it's timeless, Such though, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I'm watching that tomorrow, hands down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we were, we're all of a certain age, too. Like, we're right yeah. at around I'll, college. I'll probably, watch, I'll probably watch Constantine, too. That was another good one. <laughs> oh, that's in the same, yeah, that's in the same vein. The same, the same realm, you know, the same realm. Back to tearjerkers, though. Like, no joke, I was, every time that scene with Negan and Lydia came up, all five times, uncontrollably, like, <laughs> just get me, I would just uncontrollably sob. It was so fucking crazy. Aww. She is so good. And just... What's oh. really what's really fucked up about actors is if you can get the other actor to start tearing up, that it it's just the a domino effect. You see Jeffrey D. Morgan kinda like he's like like whimpering a little bit and you see a little just like the corner of his eye start to tear up and it's like, Fuck you, Jeffrey D. Morgan. You're sobbing <laughs> uncontrollably from this. Right. Fucking Cassidy. She's amazing, though. She's such an amazing I addition to the show. Mm-hmm. I applauded her right in my living room. Yep. <sighs> Man, I mean, I can't believe it. Like, I've watched five times, every single time, it just gets me. Like, suddenly, it's like not even like I know it's coming, and I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck you, god damn it. Like, you can feel like you're like you are building the emotion with Cassidy McClincy as it comes to that bubbling point, and then she just, and then like you feel like you can just, yeah. Well, how many times have you felt like, uh, like you feel like shit for feeling a certain way, but like you can't help feeling but oh. what you feel? Yep. That's me every a week lot. on yeah. the show. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that Carla was here because we, we didn't actually talk about this, but like we do see that brief scene with Carol saying dog keeps the cats away. Mm-hmm. Basically right in the beginning, everybody was like wondering where the fuck is dog. And now we know. Mm-hmm. And it's like this brief and you barely see the dog in it. You see the back of the dog. It's interesting because like dog keeps the cats away the cats are away they know where home is that's how beta finds the tower right mm-hmm. because of fucking mm-hmm. dog but i don't want to talk about that because that's upsetting me <laughs> <laughs> what's really what's really interesting is the cat that stays and of course yeah. is, is trying to belong the weird cat the cat mm-hmm. odd cat that stays even when the dog is there it's like lydia and <laughs> mm-hmm. something to that like like, I was trying, like, in the beginning, like, I hadn't even noticed it at first. Not really. Uh, and this is, like, right before Judith and Lydia's conversation. I'm like, okay, what is this whole thing about this cat that, that won't go away? And does that mean the mice will play? Does that mean a beta will play? <laughs> <laughs> so there's just, like, there's a lot of shit going on here about people not belonging, being honest, and then telling the truth, princess, etc. I heard several people make mention to the plan. Stick to the plan. This is right. the plan. But actually heard what that plan is right well they they evacuated alexandria that was part of the plan but but we don't know what the end uh result well the result would be to get rid of the whispers but like how what are those steps we don't know the rest of the plan right i didn't miss it right no no you didn't and like the thing that really got my goat was like daryl was explaining to this uh, uh, this whole thing not the whole thing but he was like saying oh i, th- I got this plan i think you're really gonna like it <laughs> and i'm like okay yeah can you, can you share with me 
I mean, share with the rest of the class. <laughs> here's the thing that bothers me. This is the only thing that bothers me. And it's not a huge big deal. Remember All at War and then Rick had this plan and we saw the plan being executed and we're like, and Rick didn't even follow his own plan. He ends up going mm-hmm. after Negan like in a car like in this, the middle of yeah. this like little town and can't aim for shit and whatever it is. We went through that whole thing. <laughs> we did mention Morales like a couple episodes back with uh, Kirsten Okuna, right? Yeah. And like that two second thing where I thought like, okay, Rick watching Daryl Merck Morales like I thought something was happening there where like Rick was going to see, you know, what we're doing is not okay. That, you know, he was one of us. Maybe he was a person once, you know, like Daryl was trying to teach Judith and then like nothing happened from that. In fact, like he, he just didn't learn or he didn't, I felt like something was there and it, they just didn't stick with it. So I'm just, af- I guess I'm not so afraid because I feel like, you know, Angela Kang is here. I'm sure they've scripted this out really well. Like they script out the Carol character throughout this entire season. But like, I just want this plan to actually work because we do know, I feel like in this, I'm leading up to this. I feel like we do know somebody is going to die pretty brutally by Beta. And I feel like it's going to be Alden. I feel like they're they're faking it out and it's oh, going to be Alden. No, that would be... that would Instead not be. of Gabe, as you were, have you been saying. If they do that, then they would have really wimped out. Because the actor who plays Father Gabriel... Or Rosita's has- still around. <laughs> Rosita, I am convinced, is getting Andrea's death in the comic. I am I convinced of that. Okay, let's let's circle back to that. But let's talk about Gabe and maybe Alden. If Rosita does take Andrea's death, then we that is a part of something. Remember, Carol? Like yeah. That would that would have to be going on in order for her to have that death, which would right. be part of the plan that we don't know about yet. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> that's good that i don't know i really don't want to know actually i mean but the, but the because i kind of don't want to see it coming but the actor who plays father gabriel has said because it's obviously a well-known death he right. said that he relishes it he thinks like the way glenn basically kind of embraced like his comic book death he was like that is epic i want that to happen to like my character i want it to be done the way it, it was done in the story like because it's you know so over the top or whatever so like he basically has said the same thing so I'm like, this is going to happen. I mean, there's no way that they're not going to have this death happen. It's just a matter of who. And they did try to fake us out by calling that this episode The Tower. That's a... Mm-hmm. Yes. That, yeah, that, that was yeah, such a tease, man. That was a tease because that thing happens at a water tower. So when I saw Whoa. the episode was called The Tower, I yeah. was like, oh. And we did see it. And then when before that, with the flowers. So we're already expecting death. Then you right. say The Tower. Like, get, we... Yeah, I, I'm with you. I thought the same thing. I thought it was coming this episode. And they rhymed, too. They rhymed. I was just like, okay. And when it's like, oh, yeah, it's the tower of the hospital. I'm like, that's a stretch. You should have just called it the hospital then. (laughs) If you're calling it the... You're calling it the tower. Not, I mean, it's not a tower. That's very, uh, it's, it's a hospital board. And actually, right. it's the same. Did you know that it's the same hospital where they did the Grady, like, hospital thing? Like, back, more, what, yeah. back in, what yeah. season was that when Beth died? I don't even remember. Five? Yeah, but I was like, you're teasing us here. You're calling this episode the tower. So before I even watched the episode, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then it's like, oh, no, okay. Again, I kind of oh. like, I kind of like what they do with the comics viewers in that respect, though. No, I know what they're trying to do. There's always been this thing with, like, the comics. It's like, 
you just troll, you gotta troll them a little longer. You gotta troll them <laughs> so hard, so hard. I You're love like, it. Oh, so I've always loved it because I, I didn't I, read the comics. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at it. I think it's funny. Like I know I, some I people that are. <laughs> I'm like touche, funny, haha. They're so okay. good. You know. I mean, if we if we could predict everything we have ever predicted happened we'd be bored out of our gourds yeah like, we don't want everything we're saying to happen that's why they're just theories you know so yeah, yeah when they can keep us guessing like that and we have no idea what's coming i love it i do think that rosita's getting andrea's comic book death too especially because rosita's in that new selena show on netflix i was like mm. i think it's a mini series isn't it though i don't know yeah sure. oh i don't know it seems okay this is the stupidest thing to latch on to but like kelly having that little band-aid that exactly where Andrea has it in the comic book like I, we could say she got burned there or whatever it was it could be like a scratch or whatever but it could be a scratch like a deep one from a walker maybe <laughs> we don't know and and some it just it just seems like okay that big speech with Carol it, it kind of the little monologue with Carol kind of sounds like a goodbye almost too so she didn't still have that on, did he? She did. Did Kelly still have the bandage on? In, in the cop in the cop car or whatever car it was that they took the uh the wiring from, the yeah. little mission for, Her- for Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she did still, still have the bandage on? Yep. Okay, I just did. I, I like I said, I only watched it the one time. I pay closer attention on my second watch. We we might get like a, a quick reunite with Connie, and then Kelly goes. Which, by the way, like speaking of um, Angel Theory, I, I've been watching Zoe's uh, whatever incredible playlist, whatever on. I think it's NBC. Yeah, I watch that. I watch um, that too. I I can't stop watching. It's just so good. And Angel Theory is on the last episode, by the way. She's one of the backup dancers. I, have not, I haven't watched the most recent one yet. It does involve somebody singing a song in sign. And oh, she, awesome. And she is one of the dancers in that episode. It's awesome. not an important role at all. Like, it's, it's like a background role. But it's pretty okay. cool It's pretty cool to see her in, in something yeah. that wasn't The Walking Dead also. That's really cool. Yeah. I like it when, when the shows... I like it when The Walking Dead invades the shows that I watch. <laughs> <laughs> it starts infecting. Then I feel like... Well, it does. And then I feel like... I feel like all right, by extension, this also in the Walking Dead universe. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, is? <laughs> she survived. Well, did you see my right? Well, did you see my post today about um? Oh God, what was what? Nick Gomez. He was in the second to last episode of Criminal Minds. Oh really? And oh. For all and for all fifteen years, I have a whole list on my phone, and and every time I watch the show, I I see somebody else. I have a list of over like close to fifteen people who were on The Walking Dead that appeared on Criminal Minds. It's it's a lot. There are a lot of <laughs> actor over between the shows. A lot of runoff. I think we pretty much beat this episode to death. Yeah. In, in a very roundabout, like, sticking pot shots <laughs> at it kind of way. Like, some of the bigger points I wanted to drive home, like Rick, the Rick comment from Judith, like, in a ditch, he, he must have, she must oh. have had family, that sort of thing. I wanted to bring mm-hmm. that up because that's what she was really talking about. Right. And so, th- there's a lot going on with her. And I, 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 I wonder what kind of big role she gets to play in the last episode, too, because I feel like it's coming. Maybe she kills Beta. <sighs> could be. I mean, and that's a big choice. That's a big, big choice. A big swing, too. She could do it. I mean... I mean, she'd really only have to shoot him in the head with a gun. As long as she has a gun, she could do it. That would be very interesting. <laughs> could you imagine? And and very unexpected. I mean, from Beta wouldn't expect it. I mean, right? Like That'd he, be cool. he he sees the hole in him, and he sees a shot with, with the hole through his body. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Although it wouldn't be the first time she fired a gun at him, so maybe it wouldn't be the best tactic. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, this time it took. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the chest plate now, motherfucker? <laughs> 
Um, oh, oh, I did want to bring up only one point. It's something I brought up last year. Now, remember when we were talking about the addition of, of uh, Connie and Kelly and sign language and everything like that? I, I had said last year when we were covering this stuff, I said it wouldn't be the, the craziest thing if somehow sign language was the key to winning this Whisper War. And I feel like this the chickens are kind of starting to finally come home to roost on that one. So mm-hmm. we are seeing sign language being used in this episode. I feel like whispering versus sign language, whispering uh, sign language wins. So we could see some sort of connection there as well. Yep, we see people learning to sign. So definitely useful down the road. But just particularly being the key to winning this war. It could be. And again, we'll have to see. So we'll, we'll see you in a couple of days when we talk about the trailers, because there's a lot to break down from Maggie's return to uh, a new sh- weird character with weird weapons. Who is it? We don't know. We'll go into it. We'll go into the fear trailer as well, because that is absolutely fucking bananas. It's It looks great. People who hate fear are like, well, I'm going to watch this one. This one looks pretty nice. <laughs> no, seriously, people, it's it's crazy. Um, and uh, we'll talk about the, uh, the the TWD universe slash TWD world beyond trailer. That might be coming sooner than we expect. We don't know. Apparently, there's also a new TV show featuring Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Hillary Burton Morgan. Next week, Friday Aww. night at 9... 9- Friday night with the Morgans. Yeah. Yeah, so catch that. Cool. We'll, we'll see you guys in a couple days. And in case you hadn't noticed, there was this, there's this little thing in the corner. Uh, support the podcast. Uh, if you give us coffees during the premiere, you will have seen the little alerts come up and you would have seen a doo-doo-doo-doo and they'll be there forever in the podcast. Your support gives you access to exclusive content. When you give us one off, it's 30 days of access. But if you give us a subscription, the good times keep on rolling. Also, rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant, and we'll understand exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Also, if you haven't liked this video, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) It's quarantine. It's just an extra click, you know? Come on. Come on, guys. But anyways, I've been David Cameo. This is OG Squawking D. Carol G. You got Rachel Burt. What else do you need? We'll see you in a couple days. We'll break the trailers down. And hopefully this this whole business with the coronas, uh, it goes away very soon. And uh, until then, bye guys. Bye. Bye.